Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. episode 322 of The Sausage Factory. Welcome! In this episode I chat to Denny McCroy of Possum House Games about a puzzle platform action adventure shot in the dark. Me trying to summarise the game in that little sentence is really quite dumb. There's much more to that explanation of what it is, but I really like it. It's a 2D platform game, kind of, but you have bullets and, like, limited ammunition that you have to reload constantly at a good right time and when you are shooting you stop you don't move in a very resident evil like fashion and it's a very low res graphics so it looks there's only three colors there's black white and red um which i have featured uh before in other games of similar ilk but this this one's unique in that it really, really uses that concept of a low palette, low number of colours, that is, um, to its advantage. Sounds strange, but it's exactly what it does. Fascinating game, fascinating discussion. Uh, really, really enjoyed chatting to Denny about the development of this game. He made a lot of more games of similar sort of like stylings, but this this one, Shot in the Dark, really really piqued my interest and that's why I had Denny on so without further ado is that the right word further ado don't know what that means no one knows what that means Chris from from the past if you'd be so kind thank you Denny hello who are you and what do you do um I I am Denny um I uh am one half of Possum House Games I um, I am the uh, creator of Shot in the Dark. Um, you are indeed, and which you're here to talk about. You're creator of a thing. What what a thing, everyone! This, yeah, we're going to get into this. But before we do, as is tradition with this show, which is going for eight years now, <laughs> how'd that happen? It's yeah. Um, <laughs> is uh, we got to start you basically telling us your origins, your origin story. Everyone's got. Boy. 
it's not just superheroes. You don't have to wear spandex and a cloak or a cape, which we know is bad anyway. And capes are bad unless you're Thor, of course. Then that's fine. Um, how did you start making video games then? How did you, what was your origin story? Um, so compared to... So actually, I think about this a lot. Um, here in Rochester, there's there's a bit of a um, solid game develop, game development community. Um, but a lot of the people I know either went to school for it at like the Rochester Institute of Technology, or they were already in industry, or they were like teachers, or so everyone was like officially kind of connected in some way. Um, and I I went to school just for illustration. Like I, I started like wanting to make comics until I realized I hated it and they're miserable to make. Um, but I always kind of felt like this. Uh, I don't know. I always like thought of it as like this 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 weird animal that crawled out of the swamps. It was just like I made a game. It was like ah, what is that thing? And where did he come from? Because um, like I don't have a background in like programming or any like I, I was actually scared of computers for a long time. Um, but then in the in the two thousands when games like Limbo and Bastion and um, Braid came out and like that that first indie gold rush kicked off. Like a lot of indies, I looked at that and was like, oh, I can do that. And kind of proceeded to hit my head against programming and game development and pixel art for the next like seven years and change. It's wonderful you talk about the golden era of 2007, 2008. Mm. I have to remind people that was 15 years ago almost. Mm. They go, no, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, it was. No, it's like it's 10, five years. No. Nope. <laughs> Xbox 360, they don't make that anymore. Yeah, they don't. They really don't. But then they start crying a bit and rocking back and forth. But it's, I think it's a fantastic era. And still to this day, my friend, I still play games from that era. Same. Granted, I still play modern games. I mean, I, I play. I mean, the thing about Kane and Rince is we don't even recognise retro. We don't. We just yeah, say, no. well, it's a game from, if it's a game from two months ago or a game from 40 years ago. It's a game, right? Yep. You know, just get over yourself. It's fine. Um, and what we can learn from those decades or whatever is that the concept of design and games mm. has become, is really come onto its own in the last, I believe, 10, 15 years since that golden era when the, the whole the democratization of video game creation happened. Yep. Uh, and the barriers suddenly started to fall because, and I've said this many times on the show, so take a drink, everyone, but <laughs> they people didn't need, don't need to know assembly language anymore to make video games. Not at all. They I... did. They did. I know it's horrifying when you talk about computers and being scared. You had every right to be. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, was, that was scary, you know. Yeah, to this day, I still can't write a. Um, I still can't write a line of code. To this day, I used um, uh, this program called Construct Three, which is just very drag and drop logic. So, like to this day, I'm like, I don't, I don't know how coding works. I don't know how this game no. runs, but it does. <laughs> <laughs> but it does. It does, and and my goodness, does it? Uh, it's just very clever. And the fact that how can I put this? Uh, the fact, the fact you you didn't need to know more than Boolean logic to get this to work because ultimately that's what it is 
It's a bunch of is, if, and, or statements. Yep. You may, may not know this. I know you do, because if you've done any kind of game development, you have to delve into that. And uh, it's so powerful. You know, if, and, or else is phenomenally powerful. Yep. Because then what happens is you create cascades very, very, very quickly to the point where you can create something very complex and very um, elegant uh, without realizing it. If there's there's nothing under the hood. You get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just that's that's all it is. Uh, but it's it's when I say that, it's that's just the canvas, mm-hmm. the canvas. And uh, I think it's wonderful that you just kept on plugging away. So yeah, you know, no, it's it's hard. It really isn't. Uh, I mean, yes, it it it's it, it, <laughs> the barrier to entry is 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 dropped, but it really still is very difficult. But you still, but like I said, the the maths required. The you know, yeah. for, for speaking personally, I only know C plus plus. I don't know assembly, uh, so I can code in C plus plus, but that's it. And basic, of course, but that's all. Another other language, language like Java and stuff like that. But I can't, I can't do the baseline, base level stuff, the, the machine code stuff, as they used to call it, hitting the metal, as they call it. People who do that now make drivers and things like that. Apparently. Mm-hmm. So that's not for the likes. And thankfully, the higher level languages like C++ and indeed the tools you've used as well, like GameMaker and uh, Unity and stuff like this have uh, done great things and uh, led me to meet you. So there you go. And here we are. So next question then, Denny. And I would like you to answer either as Possum House Games or as a personal thing. Okay. But um, what do you believe are your biggest influences? Um, hmm. It's a tough one. Yeah, that's a, that's a bit of a. It's also quite nebulous. Yeah, a little uh, bit. <laughs> so, and I've asked this question well, 322 times now. Maybe not that many because we've had some repeat episodes, but it, be that as it may. But 300 odd times. So, I've always said to my guests when they struggle with this is the framework I want you to think about is what is the thing? What are the things? that you've, you find are always orbiting and entering your creative endeavours, whether you like it or not, whether it's conscious or subconscious, what you believe is the things that drive you, what are the things that influence you, inspire you? What, what do you believe are, are those things when it comes to Possum House games? Um, I, can, I can answer this honestly. I think it's both. Um, a little bit more me, um, but uh, I think this kind of comes back to uh, my pixel art a lot. Um, mm-hmm. and a minimalism, honestly, um, and like artistically or like as a game dev as well. Um, it's just, I'm always impressed when I see someone making a lot with very little, um, games like minute. I mean, minute was huge. Um, cause that game had like, it was just two colors, very small little sprites. And then like one core unique mechanic um and they just made a whole game out of it and it was and it didn't get stale um and then on on the art side why i really always come back to pixel art um especially like the really small detailed sprites like i come back to um the guys at capybara games um with like super time force and super brothers sword and sorcery where it's like very small pixel count but they just have these like lovely fluid animations 
um, that like communicate so much. Um, and like that, that always just blew my mind that like this, this little 10, you know, 10, 10 pixel tall, like three colors, like he's reading like someone like, you know, bending over to pick something up and looking excited. I'm like, how are you making a bunch of squares communicate that, that, um, there's just something awesome that happens when like something so obscure and blocky, like communicates something so, um, almost like intimate, like to like the viewer. Um, so I, I just, that, that, that's, I'm always more impressed with games that are small and communicate so much than like a big triple A game that has like all of the, like, you know, all the, all the pixels, all the, you know, um, <laughs> all the money. And uh, it's just, that, that's, that's what I always come back to. Um, less is more. Yeah. Yeah, really, yeah. <laughs> that was a very long yeah. way to say less is more. <laughs> no, 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 that's that's fine. Uh, and uh, there's nothing wrong with championing efficiency in in art. Uh, and again, you could argue that I'm being deeply pretentious and maybe patronising <laughs> to you. I am not. Limbo is a game. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, there's just... But how are you relating to this tiny black and white person? Like, well... Look at the animation. Look at the world it's in. We've had many guests, and, and uh, we're going to delve into this again uh, about communicating complex ideas and emotions with very little. However, I would counter that you know games like God of War, the new one, not the one the original. Although the original was fantastic as well, but that was mm -hmm. a different fantastic of it. It was of, it, of its time. The newer one, uh, I say newer, it's like two, two, three years old now, but. Um, that does not that that evokes emotions in different ways using a different yeah. different set of tools, because it has not just two colours; it has bajillions. It has everything. Yeah, but that still doesn't diminish the, the you know the 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 experience or the the storytelling and the, the delivery of emotion. Just does it in a different way because it can. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, I I still come back to um, what is the Last of Us a lot, like because yeah, it is when oh, when yeah. and all of like that you know potential and like resources come together, and it's like then you see what games can do, and it's just like oh man. So yeah, I remember oof, Last yeah. of Us oof. <laughs> Crafted, however, unfortunately, to the detriment of some stuff. Let's not go there. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But uh, it's something we have to recognise. For me to just brush over it. And not say anything would also be churlish. So we've still got a lot of work to do, a, lot, a long way to yeah. go to yeah, stop that from happening as, a, as an industry. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you're right. Uh, it's yeah, fascinating stuff. But yeah, less is more. Why not? What a fantastic influence. See, you did it. Well done. <laughs> so I think I might know the answer to this question because all mm -hmm. these questions flow into each other. You might have figured that out by now. I don't know. You're a smart person. So, and this one is also equally difficult to answer. Sorry about this. Boy. I should have warned you they get more difficult as we go along. It's kind of like a game. There's a boss fight in the middle. Um, so, what developer do you most admire in the industry and why? Um, sorry, one more time. Just so, what developer? Yeah, what developer do you most admire in the industry and why? Um... I come back to a lot um, 
Yeah, I come back to Capybara games a lot. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, their art style is one, has been a big influence. Like, um, like, I love their sprite work and their backgrounds and just how they a modern approach to pixel art, but also like their games, they, they, ex- they experiment more. Um, it's not just like another like kind of platformer. It's like, there's always a new mechanic they're experimenting with like super time force. That was, that was brand new and fun. Um, super brother sword and sorcery was just like, that, that was one of those times where I picked up a game and it was, it wasn't just like, Oh, I'm distracting myself and like solving the puzzles. I'm like, Oh, this is, this is something special here. Like this, like I, like I felt things. Um, and it was just that they explore with the medium and what games can do. Um, so that's, yeah, no, that I've always looked up to them. They've, they've, that's kind of how I modeled myself. Um, it's just how they handle things. And that You're right. Um, there's, they've done a lot of good, uh, inspiring others to say, you know what? It's okay to have a characters made out of two colors, three colors. <laughs> It's not. It's not about how many shades of gradients and dippling you do. It's really about how they move, mm-hmm. and that's. I've seen that a lot. I mean, look at. Uh, oh, that's just, there's 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 that roguelike cell. Uh, dead cells. cells? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. See what I mean? I mean that's. Yeah. I mean we have we've had some we've had some games sort of uh, um, anchored around that concept, but they've taken it another place as you would because you're they're yep. creating their own thing. And uh, the the actual they got a lot more, lot more colours, a lot more contrasting going on to the point where it can be a bit overwhelming. But it's <laughs> deliberate. It's deliberate, isn't it? It's like, how comes I didn't see that? Yeah, yeah. So everything was exploding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like how 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 come was that? Oh yeah, yeah. You have played, you know. Uh, Ikaruga, right? Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, weird. Like, wait a minute. That's a shoot 'em up. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. There's, doesn't matter. It's just that fed into what this is. So, yeah, still one of my favourite shooters. You know, I'm still after all these years profoundly bad at it. <laughs> Speaking of playing games, yep. So, you know, I did a segue. Sadly, it's now announced the segue. It's no longer one, but here it is. <laughs> <laughs> Last question of the first half, which is, and I've got to ask it, mm-hmm. uh, because we're a podcast about video games, so you know, legally obliged to ask it. Apparently, it's in the contract. I don't know. <laughs> what are you playing? What are you playing right now? Um, right now, I'm. I actually, I just got um, some buddies getting back into Phasmophobia. Um, bringing bringing that up again. Um, yeah, it's just it's just been a fun little horror game to like. That like it, it's like an actual co-op horror game, um, and being scared with buddies is what fantastic. It is for for what? Why are you sort of drawn to it before we then delve into why it's awesome? Oh. but uh, yeah, just for the uninitiated. Uh, phasmophobia for people who don't know. Um, yeah, it's um, mm. it's like just this there. Uh, um, yeah, fantastic co-op horror game where you're going into a house and like. It's, it's essentially a logic puzzle, like trying to figure out what kind of ghost it is. Like certain ghosts only leave like um, like handprints on the wall. You need like a black light to see, um, or like they will like uh, react to like um, what is it, like the ghost box. You have to like talk to it and ask it questions. Um, 
and it, it just pulls off this which i haven't really bumped into before like it's like it's a co-op horror game because usually when you're with friends like it's games don't or anything doesn't become scary anymore but um like you're just getting you're just hearing your friends scream and freaking out with them um and yeah no it's, it's the yeah it feeds into that concept of the uh, collective uh, uh, um, sort of wound wound up to the point where hallucinations are having you're having those collective sort of your your this group think turns into yep. something that it isn't happening but it is and uh, I find it fascinating how different there's different types of players who approach it you have the extreme cynics who oh, can be so difficult to manage you know what I mean those guys mm-hmm. are like. You're just not phased by any of this. I nope. <laughs> Are you Doctor Venkman? Pretty much, <laughs> and that's fine being Doctor Venkman. You know, from Ghostbusters when he goes into yep. the flat and sort of gets the gets the piano and starts playing the piano. Goes, oh, they hate this. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's probably right. You know, everyone hates the like weird piano discordant piano playing. It's like, come out, come out, wherever you are. Ding, ding, ding. You know, that's for me, that's that kind of player. And then there's the other kind of players, you know, the other end of the spectrum, who is just at the point of opening a door will freak out. So you have to, and, you know, and for me, the closest one I, I relate to is, is uh, the Left 4 Dead, which is not Left 4 Dead, though. Um, but is, there's, there's some similarities between it and the group think the spooking each other out to the point, but but then eventually it turns into why are you running off now? That kind of <laughs> thing. Where are you going? Yes. Stay here. <laughs> That's why I keep coming back to it. Is that I, I think I'm that mm. bankman. Like I'm like yeah, I've I've got it. It's just a game. I figured, and then it, it keeps scaring me. And I'm just like, yep, okay, this is still working. Like this is still feels fresh. So that's why I keep coming back. That's the point. It still feels fresh. That's the point. Yep. And yep. yeah, you're right. Anyway. Of course, you want to be Venkman. Everybody wants to be Venkman <laughs> because he's got it. He's he has all the answers. He has all the best lines. <laughs> you know, he has the best lines. So, of course, you want to be Venkman in that. Everyone goes into the house being. Everybody. I am not. Yeah, everybody wants to be him. Not because he's cool and stuff. Because he's got the one who's apparently he has his illusion of being in complete control of everything. He has the answers, he has the quips, he has the zingers. And he's just like, I'm always cool, I'm never phased by anything. Anything. I'm always always the guy who's like introducing people to the game. Like I am, they're like, oh yeah, here's how to, here's how to do the thing. This is how the EMF works. All right, here's what we're going to do. And then like, I'm always the guy running out first. <laughs> just like, <laughs> never mind, this is your problem. <laughs> yeah, I'm now losing my my. Myself, I'll be I'm in the van. Not, I'll be, I'll be huddled in a corner, rocking back and forth, trying to regress back to when I was four. Because they're not, I was safe then. I was safe then. I'm not safe now. Whereas all your friends are going, it's just a game, man. It's just a game. And then it turns into you know other pop culture references from aliens. But we're not going to do that. Because <laughs> you know who wants to be Hudson? He got killed. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> But he does have all the best lines, so it's you know, he trade does off. have trade all off. the best lines. He does, but he's unlike Venkman. He wasn't in control. That was the point. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he was. That was the point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see what I mean? And this game, 
everyone, if you haven't played it already, uh, you should. Because it's up there with Among Us as well. This is a, It's not a yeah. social deduction game. Among Us is a social deduction game. And if you're a tabletop player like myself, I was well into that. And I was running rings around my friends who weren't. Because I've been playing these for over 10 years. And I knew all the tricks. All of them. And playing people against each other is just like playing a fiddle with them. Like, oh, look, this, you two are thinking, accusing each other of being murderers. It's actually me all along, but you just you trust me completely because because you're an idiot. And it's just like you know, it's just what you do. You just my basic tactic for Among Us is well, just you know, fool people with people thinking trusting me. Like, oh, yeah, I'm doing, I'm totally, totally legit. Oh yeah, <laughs> until it's too late. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, that's a good choice. Anything else? Anything else you'd sort of piqued your interest? Uh, other than diving back into Minecraft again, but that's <laughs> how do you play it? Do you play just... it like vanilla? Because I've always played Minecraft vanilla, just I love the survival things, it's, I think it's hilarious and terrifying. Is that how you play it? I always, craft person? Uh, I always go back to vanilla, um, because when I have all the tools at my fingertips, like I get. I get bored really quick and overwhelmed. So as you might have guessed, I, I like constraints. So I, I'd rather build a small little castle and having to work for it than just like I can build whatever. And so yeah, no, I'm I, I like to struggle for it. Yeah, yeah, people do that. In fact, it's been doing it for decades. People taking a game, just caning and rinsing it. Hey, there you go. Just really, really <laughs> playing it for hours and to the point where they, they can't eke out any more difficulty out from the game on the base settings even you know so they actually start adding restrictions like well i yep. have to get through this level without losing a life <laughs> or something like that something really basic you know but they just like oh i can't can't use this special ability because then that just makes it too easy so i'll just do it without it you know just because they want to eat just a bit more out of the game to place artificial restrictions the game's not you know making you put it through that, but the, the people are and do that. And I used to do that, but then my hand-to-eye coordination started to fade. <laughs> it's, um, the best way to describe it is um, it's a bit like, imagine you've got a hand on the controller, your thumb's on a button, and you go, oh, I've got to do the thing. So your thumb, you tell your thumb to press the button. And the conversation between the brain and the thumb goes like this, when you're my age. Can you press the button? What button? The button you're resting on. <laughs> This one, yeah, that one. When do you want it? Pressed? About two seconds ago. I'll, I'll do it now then. Yeah, please. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, thank you so much for getting through Shot in the Dark. Um... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So because despite that, I still got through. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, just, just bear us in mind. Just saying. Anyway, that's the end of the first half. Well done, Denny. You did it. Yay. Um, uh, it's been really uh, been very open and honest, but uh, let's delve deep into the second half of the show, where we have a look at, if we can, Shot in the Dark.
we can actually talk about Shot in the Dark, we need to know what it is. It's only fair, so that we can, you know, otherwise talking in shorthand and no one knows what we're talking about. So, Penny, in your own words, what is Shot in the Dark? Alright, um, so Shot in the Dark is a... Uh, on the surface, it is a like pixel platformer set in the uh, American West, and you are playing as a bandit on a uh, quest for revenge. But there's a bunch of demons and nasties and ghosts in your way, and you have to fight your way through them. Uh, when we dig a little deeper, um, Shot in the Dark is made up of like three kind of core mechanics. Um, at its base, it's just a tried-and-true pixel platformer. Um, nothing new there, but it's combined with uh, two things. Uh, one, it's kind of a point-and-click shooter. Um, think like like kind of like your old '90s um, kind of like uh, like Deer Hunter, where you had to like use the mouse to click on your target. Um, so you have to um, so when you you hold down right click essentially, and that draws your character's gun. And they can't move when you're doing that. And then your cursor pops up and you have to click on your target to hit it. Um, so that already creates this interesting um, kind of dynamic, similar to like Resident Evil, where it's, you know, you, when you're being offensive, you kind of let yourself um, open. Um, to make this even more complicated <laughs> um, is the final um, kind of mechanic or um, chunk of the game, which is the aesthetic. Um, which ties directly into gameplay. It is black, white, and red are the only colors. And a lot of the enemies are visually obscured. Um, and they, they blend in with the background. So a lot of the times, the only like hint you have of an enemy is like a silhouette, like moving past some like white trees or um, like little just pixel red eyes moving in the dark. Um, so when you combine all this together, it gets really nasty really quick. And it's essentially about like obscuring information. Because um, your crosshair only shows up when you have your gun drawn. Um, you have to like, um, and, and like kind of the, the base version of the game, you have to count your bullets. You only have six shots and you have to load one bullet at a time. So it's, it's this very deliberate, fast-paced kind of micro-decision um, platformer shooter in the dark game. <laughs> well done. I, I can only <laughs> applaud you. Uh, I have no idea how you did that, but I was going to do it myself because I've had guests on the show. They're like, oh, Chris, I can't. <laughs> I just, I've tried. Could, could you have a go? And I have a go. And they really appreciate that I've had, I've had a go explaining their, what their game is. But no. Uh, you've you've hinted at some things, and uh, well, hinted, not described them. Just to be clear, everyone, we don't really go into spoilers because it's not really the show isn't really about spoilers. If you want to want that? Listen to Kane and Rince. Okay, uh, this is about how games are made, uh, so we won't go into content too much. Um, just so you know that then, even we don't really mm-hmm. we skirt around it because that's it's not really important. Sometimes it is. In games, but in this in this sense, uh, and you hinted at you know the base game and how it it, it does escalate, but you know it's just yeah. leave it at that. And uh, it's just, <laughs> you know, uh, there, so I'm going to go into the core mechanics of the game. 
without revealing what really mm-hmm. happens and what's really going on. Um, so mm-hmm. you play this little, you play this little fellow who's got a very large hat and a large, rather nice bandana. I do like it. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it could be a neckerchief. I don't know. Is, is that a thing? I think it is. And uh, beautifully animated. And as you say, it's got it's a very limited palette. We'll talk about that later. But the first thing I've got to ask you, and it just made me chuckle because there's been arguments about a recent mm-hmm. uh, remake of a certain uh, horror game beginning with the letter R. In Shot in the Dark, you know I'm going with this, it's Shot in the Dark. Uh, I hope you know I'm going with this. Uh, the player stops moving when they fire the gun. Yep. Why? I know why. It's oh. brilliant. Beautiful part of design. It's fantastic. It's just sublime. But why? Why do you stop when you fire your gun? In Resident um. Evil like fashion. <laughs> It just it it drastically changes up um, the situation that the player is in. Um, if if it's a it's a really high risk reward trade off. Um, if you want to be offensive, you have to lower your defenses. Um, you have to put yourself at risk, um, and it just makes the game way more tense and interesting. Like if if you're moving and bouncing around the whole time, there'd be nothing to it. Um, so it, it really is just about changing up and recontextualizing like your your setup in like whatever room you're in. Um, just with the click of a button, you go from being mobile and avoiding things. Um, but then you have to like stand your ground. And to do that, you've got to risk getting eaten by something or getting shot yourself. Um, so yeah, that's 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 the thing. Yeah, if you were running around and bouncing around and shooting things, that'd be a different game. Yeah, and it would have gone a different way. But that's not shot in the dark. Shot in the dark isn't about that. It's about methodical, believe it or not, bursts of energy. Yep. <laughs> so the way I describe it, it is genuine methodical. You have to. I personally, yeah. that's how I approach it. It's how my brain works. It's just well, if I do that, do this, do that. Okay, all well, that's there now. React to that. Well, that's there now. Why is that there? That's not nice. Okay, yeah. and then, and then what I love of there's bits in it that you did a fantastic job of cranking up the tension when there's nothing to be afraid of at that particular point. There are stretches. <laughs> there are stretches where I'd move along, then stop and look around, yep. going, "There's got to be something here. I haven't." I haven't seen anything for I haven't seen anything at least for three seconds. I'm gonna die. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. But I I will stand there not doing anything. Just looking at trees, going there's something in Where is it? There there is. There I saw it. No. No, it's nothing. It's fantastic. You didn't just the the fear. The fear because the cost everyone the cost of dying is you have to start that section again it's not it's not very yeah. punitive because you i'm sure that balance of punishment of restarting you know we all know super meat boy sorry to cite that but that's the the one everyone goes to when the instant restart yeah that's the, yep. I, don't, I know there's other games that didn't i know that stop it don't fight to me i think you'll find but that's the one that people cite okay and it's like the game that everyone's like, even though you've got trails of blood everywhere and because we were failures, you still did it, right? Uh, yep. And this is the same in the shot in the dark, is that you do 
have to start all over again. It'll be not all over again, not from the very beginning. This isn't 1983. It's not Ghosts of Goblins. <laughs> all right. It's not that. That's horrible. No, it's not that. But it is, you know, you have to start from a, you know, relatively, you know, you've got a good two or three minutes of starting to do it all over again. That's fine. And that that cranks up the tension just enough to the point where you can become so paranoid. <laughs> it's like, I swear, because there's these, yeah, anyway. So I'm gonna, this leads me on to my next question. This is one bam banging on about paranoia and tension and anxiety in a controlled way. I know the A word gets people riled up, but it, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's in a controlled way because it's part of the experience with Shot in the Dark. It's the experience is the reaction of reloading the gun. Mm-hmm. Okay, the one you, you start with. To be, uh, the, the, it's, a, it's a very slow process. I mean, you'd think a gunslinger like the player the controls would know Pretty, you know, maybe have a speed loader on it, but no, it doesn't. <laughs> you know, he's de- de- deliberately like clicks, and you have his little like, barrel, six, six, six barrel, and this click, click, and he's sitting there going, Will you get a move on? Hang on, <laughs> click. It's like my thumb and the button on the bloody controller. Hang on, hang on, click, <laughs> click. I'm done now. Shit. What for me, it's such a slow process. And it gives two things to the player, and I just wonder if was, this was deliberate. It gives them a sense of respite, mm-hmm. like a like a rest, like a bonfire of a certain game beginning with the letter D. <laughs> right? Just like, you know, all, just, just, okay, I'm just going to rest. But it also increases the tension because you don't know that, or you think you've got a rest point, and, you know, you think you're okay. Turns out, turns out you're not really. Um, is that deliberate or is it something... I mean, tell us, talk us through this whole rather dramatic reload <laughs> concept. Rather than a simple press of the button or a, something to the point where it doesn't exist at all, why have you made it such this big event? Um, tying, kind of tying back to... Um, the, the why you, you stop moving when you're shooting um, is it does create that vulnerability again. Um, and it also, it balances out the fact that because you can point and click anywhere on the map, there's you're not shooting a projectile on a line. Like you, you have the power to be like, as long as I click on it, it's dead. Um, so it, it really emphasizes like the power of the, like the weapon you have. Um, and so like, it, it's not a, uh, it's not a spray and pray game, so there there really is that. Um, it, it adds that tension of like, don't take your time, aim, um, make sure if you're going to do it, hit that shot. So it's it's a bit of a punishment and an incentive not to mess up, but also there is that like kind of. Um, uh, spoilers. I always liked westerns, um, <laughs> but yeah, there's just something so deliberate about like taking the time to reload like one bullet at a time and like it's like right before you get into a fight you make sure you do that little ritual and then when you're done and everything's gone and like you have a minute yeah you just sit there and you're like you you're forced to collect yourself and be like all right one two three four five six so it, it is like this yeah like this ritual um and like you can take a moment to like look around the environment is there anything else I got to worry about here? Um, oh, probably. 
probably. <laughs> the answer is usually yeah. Uh, usually yes, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, or it's, not. It's, it's just it's the funniest thing when I actually <laughs> found myself breathing, reloading, not realizing within a second of leaving the level itself. Like, that's brilliant. That's just brilliant. Like, oh great, what's the point? Oh, there isn't any <laughs> point. So we've been dancing around this a lot, and we've mentioned it right from the start of the show, and I need to focus on it now, is the visual mm. style of Shot in the Dark. Um, it does consider for, consist of a three-colour palette. Now, I've been banging on and, uh, about uh, my age, so I grew up making, not playing, and a little bit making, but playing video games in the 80s, which most games did kind of look like this, but not, not really. Uh, and uh, there's a there's a platform there's a computer called the ZX Spectrum which only any any pixel or any sorry a sprite if you will not really a sprite but any character was made up of just two colours <laughs> you could only really have two colours if you tried to do any more than that you'd have what they call colour clash but it was all very odd so when I saw mm-hmm. Shot in the Dark I thought oh, that reminds me of my youth until I saw it moving of course. And then it stopped in my youth because of all the animation, the fluids, and the, the smooth scrolling and stuff. That didn't exist back then. At least not on the platform I was playing on. So I just want to ask, clearly this three-colour palette was a core to the gameplay mechanic. And you've always said it's all about hidden. It's more what you can't see than what you can see. And I, the amount of satisfaction I get from killing things that I can't see. You know, when you land that shot, it's, it's, you can't see it. It's actually actually invisible, but you still took it out because you saw its projected movement. and went, it's going to go there. Bam, it's dead. Was that, again, uh, a deliberate thing? Is it something you, you know, really encouraged in the design or is it something that emerged out of the design? Um. So... And there's so many things I want to say about this. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to, I'm going to like kind of dial back a bit and kind of talk about my core. Yeah, like again, dialing, going back to um, less is more. Um, I'm a big follower of the uh, philosophy of design by subtraction. Um, and in part, so like less is more. And, and part of that is that... Um, I, I, a lot of people go into games like, or like wanting to make a game. They have like an idea of what they want to make where I like, I like finding the mechanics. So I experiment a lot. Um, and yeah, I was honestly just experimenting with like a little, like little red riding hood kind of, um, uh, prototype. Cause I was just really intrigued by the, like, just, Oh, I could, just with just using two colors, I can just like so easily obscure enemies and just have like I just I just wanted that moment of when you see an enemy, like a silhouette passing through the trees. Like that was like the core image that like I just want to make that. Um and I lost my train of thought. Um <laughs> No, no, it's fine. You're basically <laughs> illustrating the point I was trying to describe is how because there's such a limited palette, the only thing you can actually yeah. make out of things is is movement. That's the key. It's movement, uh, and 
there are times when you can only see brief flashes of movement, which I was mm-hmm. talking about the paranoia earlier. There's creatures early on in the games, don't worry, it's not a spoiler, that float around, they're like weird ghost like creatures. And then these are the things, these particular beings, these demon like creatures, I call them demons, um, they, you can actually kill them. There's many creatures that are, are you can't, you know, ghosts and stuff, they're, they're already dead, you can't shoot ghosts. Uh, unless you have a, you know, unless you're Venkman with a proto pack, but that's a different thing. Um, you know, that's not this kind of game. It's basically, you know, you do have a gun with a physical bullet, so shooting demons is fine. And they are black; they are jet black. So jet black on a black background. What do you see? Nothing. But sometimes they flow in front of something that's white, like a tree or a rock mm-hmm. or a waterfall or a building or a gravestone, and. Uh, as soon as you see that, you immediately go, oh boy, and you just, you know, and that's, the visual style has then informed the game itself. Yep. It's, 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 it's become part of the mechanic itself. And it's becoming increasingly common in video games, but it's a relatively recent invention, don't you think? Yeah, that was, um, yeah, because people often, like, they just look like, oh, it looks cool, and I'm like, it's, it's not just for like aesthetic like this is this is a mechanic um yes and yeah that that uh that that ties back to remembering my train of thought here we go um <laughs> is that yeah like kind of like we said earlier is i don't have a lot of experience with programming and uh i'm like just the one i was one guy by myself when i started this um but the, so it was like i need to i have like so many pieces to work with it's like i got two sticks and a rock what can i make with just this um, so I, I kind of, I stumbled on that mechanic of just like, oh, silhouettes and obscuring. And then I just kind of, I took that idea and just ran with it. And I was like, oh, what if I flip it on its head? And I'm like, what if I like, you know, take the, this cloud sprite, like just the white cloud and put it on the ground and make it fog, I'll put it on the foreground. So something you would normally think of like, oh yes, things will walk in front of that. And then like, you see like a dark imp vanish into the fog and you're like, oh no. <laughs> So I just, I took that idea and I was like, how many different combinations can I like, how can I keep twisting this on its head? Just this one simple idea. And that's, that's all Shot in the Dark really is, is just um, this like one core mechanic and just like, just shifting it slightly, many different combinations, combinations as possible. Um, well, it worked for Rubik's time. Cube, so, you know. <laughs> There it is. Um, sorry, that was a bit glib of me, but no, uh, I think uh, we managed to rein that one in, and now we know what we were banging on about. Visual style <laughs> isn't just visual style, everyone. It really isn't. Yep. Get over it. That's fine. A lot of games do it without you even realising it. Even the more complex and like AAA titles, they do it. Yes, they do. That's a discussion for another time. They do it another way. So... Um, I want to talk about pacing now because there are parts in Shot in the Dark and believe me, I felt this one where everything is happening pretty much all at the same time really, really quickly. Really, really quickly to the point where you're doing... I mean, the game starts off encouraging you to like, well, here's the interface, here's the experience, here's you. I'm going to try and teach you how to play this game just by you just fiddling around and failing. That's fine. Also succeeding because you learn by success as well, by the way game developers you learn by success as well so not just failure 
Uh, and it's something that, you know, thankfully you understand too, that, yeah, success is a good thing. Please. That's cool. Well done. You shot that thing in the head. Good, good, good job. Okay. Uh, and then eventually things start to escalate and then it piles up. And there are times where it's going, you got to run. But I just, this game, no, you got to really look. If you don't run, you're going to die. No, it's just, just, oh, you know, see you're dead. <laughs> now, do it again. Now, run. Really, I can't. It's just you want me to suddenly run around and be really like, no no thought and just keep rushing and running. Like, in this instance, yes. So I want to ask you, um, over the overall experience that is shot in the dark, how have you found putting those instances in without disrupting the underlying experience of shot in the dark? Do you think it's part and parcel of the overall experience? I believe it is, but I'm asking you, how have you found... Because when you start cranking up the ex- the, uh, the, um, the the uh, tempo of a game, um, all of a sudden it becomes a blur. So what do you do to, to, to you know, keep the, you know, the, the tempo going in a reasonable way without disrupting or under, undermining the experience of Shot in the Dark? Um, this, this is going to be a pretty boring and academic answer. Um, <laughs> That's fine. um, it, it really, I, um, I was just really careful to introduce everything kind of in an isolated instance. Um, so the first time you see an enemy, they're usually like, it's cause the levels are really short. Like they're really small. Um, some of them could be like, you know, as short as like 30, 40 seconds, honestly. Um, so, like when you when you introduce something that there, when you bump into something for the first time, you're usually in a pretty safe space just to like, okay, I see how this thing works, um, and I can you know uh, trial and error mess with it for a minute, um, and then I just slowly you know it's like all right, okay, you met these two guys, you met this you know skeleton gunslinger and like uh, this like demon with no eyes, you you know what they are, but I'm gonna put them together now, um, and that was. Essentially, it is. I just slowly started like putting them together in different combinations, but you've always seen them before. Um, so that way, that like the player's like, "All right, I see what's happening. I don't like it, um, <laughs> but I know what I'm dealing with." Um, and then, and then play testing. Lots of play testing. Um, or, um, of course, of course. That's that's a uh, um, much under under uh, estimated. Uh, Activity is the actual act of playing the game you've been crafting all yep. these years. And like, right, is this really necessary? Yeah, it's perfectly fine. And you've, you've been so close to this blasted coal face that you give it to someone yep. else who go, uh, Denny, yeah, this really isn't fun. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. It was. I really didn't think of that. Yeah, my uh, my headset was my my mindset was like, oh, I can beat it, and I'm not good. I'm I'm actually not really good um, at games like Super Meat Boy or Celeste. I am actually it is not the kind of game I like to play. So I'm like, oh, I can beat these levels in Shot in the Dark. So therefore, it's fine. And then like I, you know, but I've been playing it, you know, nonstop. I pass it off to people, and they're just like, no. <laughs> um, so I usually for. A lot of the game, <laughs> I did dial it back, and I usually listen to people. Um, except for like the last tenth of the game, I will say um, 
uh, I was like, as long as I can beat it, it's fine. Ship it. And, and like all restraints were taken off for those last 10 levels. Um, I apologize for nothing. Uh, no, you, 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 you earned your stripes then like you've got this far. You're here. I mean, you think, you think things were weird earlier because we haven't really spoken about, there is some interaction with NPCs in the game. Interesting ones. There's mm. one that appears very early on that kind of vanishes when you pull your gun out. It's like, what's that? Mm. And it's just really quite creepy when you're like, oh, it's just there. I go, and, hello, it just says hello to you. I'm not going to take to, I'm not going to say what it is. It's just like, what? It just said hello. Why? It looked like an enemy, but it's, it just said hello. It's just vanished now. What? I just don't. This is all really creepy, and I know where it goes. And it's fine, but it's just, uh, it's just wonderful. More power. See more paranoia. You see, that's that's great, great stuff, Denny. Um, but uh, well, all good things must come to an end, and here we are. That is the last question. I know, sad, sad face, oh, but shot in the dark. We should develop by Possum House Games. Where's the name of the studio come from, by the way? Uh, it was, it's really banal. It was just like, um, we didn't have a name and it was like, it was pretty much just locked everyone like in like a living room for like two hours. Like we're not leaving until we come up with something. Right. Um, and it was just like random name generators and rolling dice and just like, you know, That's it was cool. this is one of those I mean, like, all right, this, this sounds good. At least you didn't have color animal. That happens a lot. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Pink, pink giraffe games. Oh, really? Yeah, yep. we went for that. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Any particular reason? It was on a random generator. Okay. <laughs> but no, I think it's a... <laughs> the thing about Possum House is it feels the warm, fuzzy feeling. Like, oh, it's nice. Yep. House full of possums. Nice. Yeah. So... <laughs> but it's it actually, is... it's funny. It's funny. Go ahead. Yeah. No, it's about to, it's to say... It's where to sign off and say, Shot in the Dark is out now uh, on Steam. For Windows, PC, and Linux, is that right? Uh, yep, that is true. Yeah. It's available. Uh, you can find it on Steam and itch.io, and uh, yeah. Yes, yes, it's out there. Experience <laughs> it. For what for I have, it's great. It's a, it's a, what a wonderful welcome to 2021 it's been. I genuinely mean that, Denny. I'm not. Oh, thank you, thank you. Your rear end. It's <laughs> uh, it's just. Uh, you know, after I mean, I just almost finished Assassin's Creed because it's seventy hours later. Like, just end, will you? Just, <laughs> can we, I'm just kind of tired of chopping people's heads off now. You know, it's just like yeah, it's just. And then this lovely palate cleanser arrived, but that's better. Now I can actually stop and uh, be terrorized by pixels. Fantastic. <laughs> But uh, no, it's been wonderful having you on the show. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Oh, thank you. This has been great. Thank you so much for having me. This has been delightful. Thank you. And Ah. uh, you're more than welcome to come back because, Denny, we've had many return guests over the years because we've been going for so long. And, you know, trust me, we'll be here. Whatever next you come up out of your head, we'll be here to go, come on and talk about it and most of the time, I've yet to have a no on a return guest. Like, yeah, it does mean, though, that you don't have to answer the first four questions again. <laughs> 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 already done Fantastic. That. So it's a shorter show. So, 
You just skip that. You just go, just go to episode 322. That's what Denny said back then. I'm sure it's the same. <laughs> Probably. As a change. Same thing. <laughs> no, same thing. So, um, yeah, again, Denny, thank you very, very much. Hey, thank you for having me. You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Canaan Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash Canaan Rinse for early, extended and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube and at our website, canaanrinse.com. <laughs>